Hey, I'm Jesse. I'm here with my son Asa. Autumn Grace may show up in the shot too. This is Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 29. Jesus is getting apocalyptic. Immediately after the distress, one of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not shed its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. The sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send out His angels with a loud trumpet, and they will gather His elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. So Jesus is describing this day of the Lord. Now, there's some contention as to exactly where this falls in the events of the book of Revelation. If this is the seventh of the seven trumpets as, uh, as aligning with what we refer to as a rapture, sort of transliterating a, a Greek word for rapture, if that's what coincides with what Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 15, as well as in 1 Thessalonians, then this would coincide with that. This, this, would, this would mean that what we call the rapture and the coming of the Son of Man are the same thing. And this teaching lends itself to that. He will send out His angels with a loud trumpet, and they will gather His elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. And so this, this teaching, Matthew 24, 31, is one of the texts that supports the concept of the coming of the Son of Man and the gathering of the believers into one singular event. He's evoking Isaiah chapter 13, uh, verse 10 here. Here's Isaiah 13, 10. Indeed, the stars of the sky and its constellations will not give their light. The sun will be dark when it rises and the moon will not shine. So in our next series, when we go through Isaiah, we're going to do some evangelism training. Then we're going to go into uh, Isaiah. But in our next book study, just a few weeks after the end of this, this uh, study concludes, we'll get to Isaiah chapter 13, verse 10. And that'll bounce us right back here again to Matthew 24. So uh, you're not done hearing from Matthew. We're getting, now you've been hearing a lot from Isaiah. And then while we're studying Isaiah, you're going to hear a lot from Matthew because the two books just coincide so perfectly. Immediately after the distress of those days, Jesus is speaking about coming turmoil. And he's speaking with a sense of what's called the, the now and the not yet. As he describes uh, the great tribulation, the abomination of, the des uh, uh, the abomination of desolation, he's speaking apocalyptically. There are other tones and prophecies within Matthew chapter 24, like in the opening verses, for example, uh, in, in verse verse 2, do you, do you see all these things? Truly, I tell you, not one stone will be left here on another that will not be thrown down. He's also speaking with simultaneity about the sacking of Jerusalem in AD 70. So just a couple of decades after giving this prophecy, it would come true. So he's describing simultaneously the sacking of Jerusalem in AD 70 and then also speaking apocalyptically. If you believe that he's speaking only about the sacking of Jerusalem in AD 70, then you're likely a post-millennialist or potentially an ah-millennialist. Post-millennial, uh, meaning that you believe we're currently in, uh, we're currently through the, the thousand year reign. You don't take the word 1,000 to mean 1,000 quantitatively. You think of it more figuratively or ah-millennialist, meaning you don't believe that there are really a thousand years per se. Um, for me, I've always just been like a straightforward reading of the text. 
kind of interpreter, and I think a thousand years means a thousand years. You know, that's what that's what John MacArthur believes as well. And also, my uh, my Armenian friend, take a look at this. He does in fact say the elect in in verse thirty one. Right? He does use the word elect. These are God's chosen people whom He's gathering. Typically, you see the word elect refer to people from the Jewish nation who are also Christians, right? So saved Jews. That's typically what you see it referred to, like, for example, in, in the opening of, of 1 Peter, um, and then here in, in Matthew 24. So after the distress of the Great Tribulation, those days, this is, this is somebody who would believe in a, a post-tribulation rapture, you would, you would cite Matthew 24, 20, 29 through 31, immediately after the distress, of the, so immediately after the great tribulation, which is what he was just talking about, uh, of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not shed its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and he's here, he's evoking Isaiah, but you can also see some remnants of what's going to come up in Revelation as well, when you, when you, when he talks about stars, we see that stars are also emblematic of angels in Revelation. The sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and everybody's going to mourn. In the first coming of Jesus, he came to serve. In the second coming of Jesus, he comes to conquer. We celebrate Christmas, but as sinful people, we dread this. We dread our coming judgment. So the, the idea of encountering Jesus as a baby born in a manger, the idea of encountering Jesus at the end of his ministry, shortly before the events of this text, where he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, he was riding in to be slain. This was the humble coming of the Son of Man, but the Son of Man will return. This is something that's evoked in Daniel and Isaiah. Ezekiel gives uh, depictions of it. All the Old Testament prophets align with his teaching. And now Jesus, at the end of his teaching ministry, just before the coming cross, all right, when we get to, uh, when we get to the end of chapter 26, it's going to be uh, the dress rehearsal for the Last Supper. And uh, so we're coming up on the end of his ministry. So now he's going to go from apocalyptic teaching to prophesying his coming death. Do you see how the two of these things coincide with one another? Imagine hearing it through the ears of the disciples because he's speaking intimately with them here. He's speaking just to them at this time. And they don't understand all of this. They don't get all of this. This teaching has direct bearing on how we live our lives today. You don't know when these events will take place, and it's by design. In fact, Jesus, giving the only distinction between himself and the Father, would say that he doesn't know the time or the hour of the return of Christ. And for that reason, it leaves us in a state of its constantly possible imminence. So the time to repent from sin is now. That's not later. The time to evangelize is now. It's not indefinitely later. The time to do the will of God is now. It's always now. Because when we see Jesus arrive, when we see the sign of the Son of Man, and, and within this chronology, it's after uh, tribulation time, that's bad news because it means that we're busted. We're all busted. Uh, and now we must give an account to the one who bore the cost of the sins in which we revel. You'll also see parallels between the language that he uses about clouds and the ascension of Jesus in Acts chapter 1. Angels were there. They see Jesus go up to the clouds and then they tell, the angels tell 
the disciples, now apostles in the book of Acts, you're going to see him return the way that he left. So in the same way that these clouds conceal their view of Jesus upon his ascension post-resurrection, he then comes in the clouds, returning as he left, just as the angels would say in Acts chapter 1. So in that moment, the, the like absolute unmitigated proof that everybody who has demanded a sign from Jesus says that they, you know, they say that they crave, they finally get, but they don't respond the way that they say that they will. There will be people who repent, but it's a day of mourning. It's a day of grieving. It's not a happy occasion. This is fire and brimstone stuff, but it's real. Let it motivate us to repent from sin, to do the will of God, to share the news of Jesus with as many people as we possibly can before we die. Are you ready? Go. Go.